What's up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of Don't Give Up the Ship Podcast. This is episode 103. Uh, and today I'm talking to Dr. John Cordell. Um, pretty pumped about this one. Uh, this It's about sleep. Um, specifically, like crew fatigue, crew rest, circadian watch rotation, stuff like that. In lieu of ever having a sponsor, I've basically created my own. If you want to support us, go to dgutsapparel.com. Don't give up the ship apparel. Uh, you can find us on Instagram and Facebook at Dguts Apparel. Uh, it's Naval Pride and Heritage gear you'll actually wear in public. I went out of my way to create some really awesome stuff that I think you'll really enjoy. And it's some stuff that I think you'll actually wear. Uh, I hate all the stuff in the Navy Exchange section. I hate a lot of the stuff I see on social media where some somebody's side hustle is creating like nauseating gear that no one actually wants except for like crusty old retirees which i'm about to be so i don't know if i should uh, talk smack but anyway uh go check it out dgutsapparel.com if you want to support us that's the best way to do it and i would really appreciate it uh dr cordell's the basically the guy in charge of uh the development and and overseeing of that program uh and he's a retired navy captain he gets into uh, kind of his background at the beginning of the episode, but uh, super interesting dude. Um, we align on a lot of things. You will definitely hear this man on the podcast again. I have a bunch of other stuff that I want to talk to him about. Um, if you're interested in checking out his work, I linked a bunch of his articles uh, in the like the, the notes of the episode, um, and you'll see me sharing them on social media as well. Um, I'll probably do some of that today as I'm recording. It's October 5th, but uh, which is the day this is going to come out. So today, <laughs> cause I'm super not ahead right now. Um, <laughs> but yeah, it's his, I, I re, I'm really interested in his work. Um, and he's written a lot of articles for USNI. Uh, he's something coming out for the Navy times and a bunch of other outlets, um, on a lot of different things besides just this, which we'll get into on other episodes, but this one specifically focused on sleep and fatigue um, and kind of the things that the Navy's doing about it and then things that you can personally do about it. Um, this one, it's, it's near and dear to my heart because I have, uh, I, I'm like a, a case, a dumpster fire case study of like the worst case scenario of what can happen when you mess this up. Um, and for those that, you know, haven't followed, uh, all the old episodes, um, I have, so there's two separate kinds of sleep apnea. I have both of them severely. So I have a CPAP machine that I, I, I use. I struggle to use that and fall asleep with that because I've been diagnosed with anxiety, insomnia, um, a bunch of other, there's a bunch of other stuff that kind of like weaves into that. Um, they've diagnosed me with weird things like, um, I think there's some kind of like thing where I move my limbs too much when I sleep. Like I'm a hot mess when it comes to sleep. And then all the tertiary negative effects that can come from that. Um, just chron- I'm diagnosed with chronic fatigue syndrome. I'm, I just all kinds of ridiculousness. Uh, it affects physical and mental health in more ways than, uh, than, you know, than even I knew. Um, and, and I've done a lot of my own independent research and in trying to make like improve my own quality of life. Um, so really pumped about this episode and I really hope you enjoy it. Check it out. Just as much as much detail as you want, um, just your background in in and out of the Navy and what you're doing now, and then we'll go from there. Okay. All right. Well, hey, my name is John Cordell, and uh, my background, I am uh, 
Naval Academy graduate, 1984, went into the surface Navy, nuclear power, served on a variety of ships, uh, commanded two, USS Oscar Austin, USS San Jacinto, and uh, retired in 2013. Um, while I was in surface warfare, like a lot of folks, I was just tired all the time and uh, had an opportunity to do something about it through some research with the Navy Postgraduate School and have continued that. And then uh, after I retired, I did some other stuff and came back into the Navy as a government servant um, two years ago, working on human factors and uh, specifically, uh, among other things, uh, crew endurance and fatigue management. So that's kind of my story and what I'm here to talk about today. Yeah, and you commanded two ships, huh? You're just like a glutton for punishment, or what? <laughs> well, no, it was—it's uh, what I came in the navy to do, and uh, I, I loved okay. it. Okay, I mean, where else can you uh, drive boats and blow stuff up and get paid for it? Indeed, that is a fact. Um, so, like, I guess what it. What are you in able to do now, like in the position that you're in? Like, can you can you go into a little bit of detail on like the position the position you have now and kind of some of the things that that you get to do and work on and then kind of like, I mean, we can expound on that as far as like what your goals are and what you see as a problem, um, which I'm sure I agree with as I've read all your articles and everything. <laughs> sure, but, sure. Um, but yeah, like the, what are you doing now in the position that you're in and like, what are you guys working on? Okay. No, I can say that I, I should probably give a caveat that I'm a, you know, my appearance today is in my private capacity, but I can certainly talk about the general uh, job that we're that I'm engaged with now. Um, this mm -hmm. billet was created actually after the comprehensive review. If you remember the collisions in 2017, um, the right. number of corrective actions in training, in uh, maritime skills, and one was to insert a uh, uh, some expertise in human factors and human, human systems integration into the type commander so that we could uh, yeah. work with NAVC and, uh, and work on systems, but also look at the stress, op-tempo, fatigue and things like that, and then try to assess the levels of that stuff in the fleet and how that's op impacting our operations. So that's what my job mm -hmm. is about. And uh, okay. so in that role, um, I spend a good part of my time looking at policy and procedures for fatigue management uh, research. Um, and then um, along with some other cohorts, more in systems integration, looking at system design to make sure the human is part of that process, right? Because uh, right. as you know, if the machine is not designed properly, then you got to have a lot of training. You have a higher uh, chance of errors as played out in the McCain collision. And so right. uh, this is, these are steps the Navy made to hire some uh, experts to look at that. So that's what I'm uh, engaged. I use the term expert loosely, I guess, but that's, uh, that's cool. <laughs> yeah. So when I was reading one of your USNI articles um, and you, you referenced the collisions and kind of like, programs that came out of them like I, i'm outside of like what i would categorize as a like really um lackadaisical or just like half-hearted effort for like this um circadian rhythm watch bill thing um because like my experience in the submarine force was like yeah we shifted to eight hour watches which were excruciating in their own right but um I, I didn't get any more sleep. Like right. I just stood longer watches and it was still a dumpster fire. But sure. I didn't, when I read it, I, I took it as like, there's some kind of formal Navy wide program for fatigue management. And I am, I am completely unaware of it. And I, okay. so if I'm unaware of it, I imagine a lot of junior sailors are. So can you talk about like what 
like what that is and like what exactly was was put into place um, following those incidents. Sure. Um, so there's, there's a few milestones in this uh, in this in this part of the story is, uh, um, you know, the research had been ongoing with Naval Postgraduate School, Naval Health Research Center mm-hmm. for, for, for years and uh, had built a thing called the Crew Endurance website with best practices. Which I checked out and I thought it was really cool. I think that's a- the website, yeah. I recommend the reader just just uh, Google Crew Endurance Naval Postgraduate School. It'll pop up, and there's some yeah. stuff on there, both for anybody really, not just not just for sailors, but uh, good mm-hmm. stuff on sleep management. So, the the, the science was there. Um, the submarine force went to, as you mentioned, uh, the circadian eight hour watch, um, and you know uh, we'll talk later about culture. But part of it is, uh, yeah, you know, not just the numbers; it's, it's how do you approach it, and so. Uh, uh, but the idea is that, and, and the ships are really manned this way. If you go back to the base documents, that it's eight hours for watch, eight hours for work, and eight hours for sleep. Um, yeah. And in that work period is normally, uh, you know, eating some some slack time. But really, you know, it's supposed to have eight hours in which you're able to sleep. But of course, we don't fully yeah. man the ships, and there's always more work to do than there is time. Right. So, um, right. But uh, but you know how how the ships approach it and that, and changing that mindset. I think has been the toughest part. Um, so, so that yeah. happened 2000. That was, uh, I'm drawing a blank now. Um, it was sub four, uh, cause he was a war college classmate of mine. He just mm-hmm. basically said, Hey, if, if we don't do this now, nobody else is going to do it. And so let's, let's, let's adopt this policy. And the reason that's important, right. you mentioned you don't get more sleep and that's probably, that may be true. Um, the, the science is that if, uh, if you and I have the same working uh, number of hours per day of work and sleep. Mm-hmm. If you sleep at a different time every day and I sleep at the same time every day, your fatigue level will be higher than mine. Um, and that's yeah. because of the circadian 24 hour clock where your body just wants to sleep at the same time. And it's all kind of cued around the sun and uh, which, right. which you don't have on submarines. So that's another challenge. Right. Right. But the, but the 24 hour <laughs> clock is still there. They found even in, you know, caves, uh, or, yeah. or submarine. So the idea is that you sleep at the same time every day and then you can kind of vary the, when you work and stand watch and the rest of the time. Um, now I understood the theory for the sub force was that AR watch was going to include some kind of a, of a meal break or something, you know, you get off, you stand it. Not really. Okay. I, it, that, that was the intent. It, so it's, I think. Um, yeah, there's like an informal period. It's not like you don't get a relief to like use the head. And then there is like a snack thing that they do on most boats right. where you get to like, there's like a, a half hearted mid rat style thing, maybe. Okay. Or it's like some kind of a snack thing that's just down on the mess decks. Right. But it's what, what I happened in my experience. Um, and I feel like it's, pretty uh, applicable to most submarines at least is like you have your your three eight hour shifts and so i have the eight hours of watch which is pre-watch brief post-watch brief right. cleaning drill whatever the like so it's really like 10 hours right and then that six hours i have left of uh, air quotes work time is generally monopolized by the ship's plan of the week and not my actual primary duty, right? So I'm I'm dealing with drills, training, uh, whatever the hell else they want to do to just suck all my time and, and available, you know, bandwidth away. So then when it's time for me to actually do my primary duty, it's my sleep time, gotcha. and not to mention any collateral duties or tasking or whatever that I have. So then it, it like... 
that's when I'm supposed to be sleeping, but there is zero tolerance for me not getting all those things done and or me not like reporting completion or providing the deliverable or whatever. So like the the priority is is not protecting my sleep and and preventing fatigue. It's getting all the things done no matter what. And then when I'm falling asleep on watch, I'm a, I'm a shit bag. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, so that's the, still the attitude towards it, uh, in my experience and, and just talking to everybody, you know, all my buddies on boats and stuff. I, I've never, I haven't seen a, a shift in, in any attitudes and leadership at the, at like the command triad level on submarines where it's like, they're going to finally or like we have enough work controls violations due to fatigue or uh somebody gets hurt or somebody gets relieved from watch standing and has to do an upgrade or whatever the issue is all the way up to you know like when when we're having ships crash into super tankers and it's just like we've already I like what what has to happen <laughs> that's <laughs> no. like, that like I, you would think mccain and fitzgerald would have done it and we're just like okay like this is it. We realize that this is such a gigantic issue. But then there were other things that it's easier to blame, like the symptom of the problem instead of digging down to the root cause problem itself, which is like overwhelmed and fatigued people. Right. Right. Well, that's what I mean. Um, uh, you know, there's interesting that, uh, you know, that, that, that's excellent feedback. Like I said, I'm not out there anymore, but uh, right, right. I know that... Uh, me either, as of today. Yeah. Today's my very yeah. last day in the Navy. Congratulations. Congratulations. Thanks. Um, so, uh, you know, you can write all the policies you want, but if, uh, if, they're, not, right. if they're not adopted, uh, and uh, and it is a double-edged sword. But I will tell you that, you know, up until 2017, at least in the surface Navy, there was no policy, right? And right. so, right. We wrote, you know, it's, it's, a, it's a surf war instruction, um, and uh, basically, it dictates three things. It says you shall use circadian watch rotations, and it gives you a mix. There's, mm-hmm. there's several ones. There's four and eight, three and nine other ones, but they're all circadian. Um, and it says that uh, you will adjust the schedule, and it gives some some guidelines. Um, and uh, and the third one is to talk about the culture and prioritizing, you know, sleep and, and yeah. uh, fatigue. So, um, you know, I've talked to a couple of ships. I go on ships after they come back from deployment, and uh, Mm -hmm. And, you know, I think, uh, there is, there is some headway, I think, uh, I think it's also tougher to see probably at the lower, at the more junior folks. Um, Sure. And it's never never going to be be rainbows and unicorns. I understand um, that. And and sometimes I don't think they understand that. No, and we're working that. So now some of the things that we, so let me just give you a couple of examples of things, you know, actions that we've taken since the collisions, just so, you know, they're, they're out there. Um, and independent of fatigue. So those mariner skills were kind of lacking as you, as you mentioned. Right. And so one thing the service Navy has done and the subs were doing this already for their, for their captains and, and bridge folks is we put in a series of uh, of sort of no go go no go checks using uh shipboard simulators which are also upgraded significantly yep. so if you, yeah. you you know you fly to newport you go through a simulator and if you don't pass you don't go to the department head you don't go to exo you don't right. go to command and we have failed some people um out of the pipeline who've done everything else right but they can't yeah. Know, pass a, a, a scenario after you know they get a couple tries um so we put some right. some rigor in that process really beefed up the training requirements for uh uh we had, we now like like the nukes you know track proficiency uh we have a a, a log book we can look back and see how many watches right. you've stood and how many times you pulled into port so we've really got yeah. some fidelity on that stuff um we send out uh mentors with the ships during uh, uh first time first 
couple about six weeks underway. Um, mm. A lot of them are, are actual master mariners from the from the from the um, MSC or or civilian who are reservists, oh, okay. uh, captains, and they'll cool. ride the ship and yeah. say, "Hey, you know, do this, do this. Don't you know? They won't tell them what to do, but they'll tell yeah. them what they should do. Right, about, like right, advise advisors, yeah. mentors. Um, so that's mm-hmm. happening. We just opened up two new facilities on the East Coast and West Coast with a lot more simulation, so the ships in the yards can get some 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 pretty robust uh, simulator time. Um, and so the maritime maritime skills side has uh, has really beefed up. Yeah, um, that's interesting because it's like you just described a lot. Like so, submarines, like we don't just do that. Like yes, they have that pipeline for like department head XO and all that stuff, but then. Like we do that it every, pre-deployment every single time they're over in the trainer getting certified by our submarine squadron for right. every evolution that we do, right? Like they're in a, a navigation trainer, they're in a sonar trainer, they're in a weapons trainer doing like uh, weapons handling and reloads and stuff. And um, we go over for ships control, like because ships control on a, on a, well, I don't know what it's like on a, there's not like a rate for ships control really um besides i guess quartermaster or something but like uh on submarines it's like a random hodgepodge of people like i stand diving off to the watch sure. on, a, on a submarine no, and I'm it's a the same way it's the same way on a ship yeah and uh and so we train those okay. watch teams and uh and they have to be certified to stand a certain number of watches yeah. in the simulator so so that's been beefed up and then the other side on the fatigue management is uh uh, like I said, the, you know, mandating the circadian watch bill was thing one. Mm-hmm. Uh, the other thing you'll find, you know, when I was growing up, uh, you know, Reveille was at six and breakfast at seven and then uh, taps at 10. And you had pretty much those mm-hmm. admin meetings going all day and into the night. Um, yeah. Most ships today, surface ships, you're going to find that the uh, uh, they're not doing that stuff in the mornings. They're letting folks, you know, who had the midwatches sleep in. Um, so you have a sleep period that may be offset, right? So, um, mm-hmm. so getting away from that kind of standard work day where everybody's up and doing stuff just to be up right? And saying, okay, you have right. a mid watch. So your work day is going to be, you know, uh, 4am to, to, to 1600. And then you're in the rack from 16 to midnight. Yeah. Right. So, um, but you know, that's where you get the broad range from, from compliance to, to really jump, you know, complete, uh, embracing the concept. Um, but for instance, yeah. my, every for for twenty years, we had this thing called the Ops Intel Brief at nineteen hundred after dinner. That went on for like mm-hmm. an hour and a half, and it was kind of the daily Ops Brief, right? Um, <laughs> yeah. And yeah. most people slept <laughs> through it because they just had a big meal and they're tired and they're going watch. Right. Well, now almost every ship is doing that at like fifteen hundred, and so typically yeah. after the meal hour, you don't see um, you know meetings and training and stuff like that. Uh, drills have to happen mm-hmm. around the clock, and that goes on. But I think the um, the circadian watch and the focus. And so we are seeing some pretty good feedback. You know, I, I talked, I went to uh, a ship the other day and one of the, uh, department heads says, Hey, my, uh, I am much less tired now than I was on my first two deployments. Um, and mm. so, uh, but you have the whole range of captains. You have some out there who say, look, you know, uh, yeah. I don't care about, you know, you, you need to get this paperwork done. I don't care how tired you are. Um, but you know, the right. other piece of it is, uh, there is too much to do. And so you have to make some choices. And so that's what I tell leaders, you know, you're, you're, one of your main jobs is prioritizing the time of your people. And so if, if I'm staying awake, right. uh, you know, on month five of a six of a nine month deployment, doing an online motorcycle safety course instead of sleeping, <laughs> then that's a waste of time. Right. 
Right, exactly. Um, yeah, and so, uh, so yeah, it's a, it's it's a it's a double edged sword. But I do think that there has been. Uh, we train the folks. Uh, Dr. Shattuck from the postgraduate school holds training up at SWAS for the department heads and exos and COs. Mm-hmm. I engage the ships as part of their training cycle, or my team does. Um, to brush up on this, uh, they get it at commanders conferences. And so, uh, you know, the admirals harp on it. And so I think there's, there's at least, uh, you know, that watch standard at the end of the day, as proven by the, by the collisions, um, the people on the midwatch are sometimes the most important people on the ship, you know, yeah. their alertness is what matters the most, not that right. fitness report or eval or something that's going to get mailed off in two weeks. And so, um, that's the idea um, it can also be, you know, flipped on its head and, and, and people saying, mm-hmm. well, you know, I, I, I have a, uh, I have to sleep. I can't do that work. Um, and, you know, that has to be balanced as well. But I think the idea is uh, to prioritize, hey, I'm out here with a ship underway. Let's focus on that. Leave that admin right. stuff ashore. Um, and you're right. It all, you know, kind of can go to hell if, if, if the pump breaks or the radar is down. Um, but then too, you start that evolution with the, with the sleep that you got the night before. And so if you are in a routine, yeah. then you're better off to, to power through a 36 hour period. Um, and then the captain has to be able to say, okay, let's, let's stand down for a half a day. You know, we've been going full board right. for 36 hours. Everybody's tired. So the other thing we, in, in this instruction is, uh, an individual risk management where if I'm going into a big brief, I actually display, I ask everybody, how many hours of sleep have you had? Um, and, right. uh, and then kind of have a red, yellow, green stoplight chart. And, and that can, I've seen captains swap out watch standards or delay evolutions, um, you know, based yeah. on that. So it, it's, it's out there, but I think you, you nailed it is the hardest piece. Um, and at some level it almost takes an entire generation to get rid of the, uh, uh yeah, you know, I was good. I was going to get to that. Yep. Yep. You know, my life's <laughs> like, the, and, um, yeah, I, well, I was going to ask, so like based on like, it's. So that like, let's presume because it sounds like there actually is there's a desire at like the high flag levels to for this type of a culture change. Um, What are are there like metrics that they monitor or some kind of evaluation uh, that is done for like commanders, like unit commanders to see what because we mandate a lot of things, sure. but if everything's a priority, nothing's a priority. Not so like, point. Good is point. there a way in which they're evaluating commanders for compliance at all or, or the program's efficiency? Uh, there are. Um, there's a couple. I, uh, you know, I'll probably admit they probably don't have the teeth that they could, um, and we're still working through yeah. that. But uh, there is. Uh, there have been several um, actual research projects where you put you know, so these actograph watches on the sailors and the captains and, and measure mm-hmm. what sleep they're getting. Um, okay. We just signed so like a kind of like a Fitbit yeah, style thing, like, like fancy one of those Fitbit monitors. that okay. you can download yeah, the data. Yeah. Um, and so we've done several yeah. studies on that. Um, and there's a program okay. in place actually eventually to get that on all ships and all watch standards. There's a lot of yeah, that would be it's a it's a that you can't lie. You right, can't. Right. Wow, there's problem. There's probably a way to <laughs> yeah, there's probably a way to fool <laughs> it. Um, um, cheat it. But like yeah, that's that's pretty amazing. And we may not that would be really cool. We may not like what we find out, but. Uh, Right. Yeah, I'm but, sure. Hey, we will, at least you'll but... know, right? And you can make that make decisions. <laughs> right. So that's coming. In the meantime, right. it's all kind of survey based. So we do hit the ships uh, on deployment with some sleep surveys. How many hours for sleep mm-hmm. did you get in the last, you know, eight, 
you know, 24 hours, 72 yeah. hours. Um, and uh, so we've got that data. Um, we send out uh, different teams. When, when teams go out there for ship rides, uh, they provide some feedback on it. Um, we have a, a program called uh, Taurus. It's like a big database that you can plug stuff into. So that gets monitored. So, yeah, yeah there is monitoring. Um, if you look okay. at the GAO report, you know, they kind of said we're not doing enough of it. So we're, we're developing what yeah. will be, what will be kind of a ground truth, real time monitoring system. But as you can imagine, there's a lot of challenges. There's the, there's the technology side, yeah. there's the personal information, yeah. um, uh, and there's still a culture, right? Of, uh, yeah. and that's where, as you alluded to, I think, uh, you know, we're just now, if you think about it, um, a junior officer or a junior enlisted person who's on their first or second sea tour has not known anything but this policy. And so yeah. they have nothing to compare it to, right? And so I think when those right, people right. come to command, they won't be looking back to the good old days when everybody just worked all the time and nobody slept. Um, yeah. And so uh, and that's what I I always explain to people with like the leadership stuff too. They're like talking about how out of touch leadership is. And it's like, think about how long... Like I retired at 21 years as a master chief. Right. It would have taken me another decade plus to get to the McPon level, you know, oh, if, yeah. if I had yeah. pursued that. <laughs> so you got to think about the guys that are getting to that level are dinosaurs compared to like a nine year chief. Right. Let alone like a second class. Yep. I mean, yep. that's like, I mean, it's generations oh, yeah. in the Navy difference. So like, of course, they're not going to be thinking as like as progressively or whatever, or creatively or, or whatever as, as junior sales in the deck plate. Exactly. So it's like, there's always going to be a disconnect. Um, yep. but yeah, I think like with this, it's like, God, it, it would be, it would be amazing for, for it to happen tomorrow. But it's like with stuff like this, I, I hear about it. And then I always fear that like, it's a, it's one like, flag level budget cut pen flick away from not existing you <laughs> right know what I mean? right well the, the good news is so um recently um like in the last month um there's a dod safety instruction that it's kind of mm -hmm. high level um but it never had a fatigue section in it and based on pretty heavy campaigning from from our group and from fleet forces and pack fleet um it now has a basically two paragraphs in there in a 10-page document that says good. uh you know Operating forces shall use circadian watches and uh, and you know crew endurance practices in planning missions and stuff like that. So that that's kind of right. that's kind of vague, but at least it's in there, and then we can yeah. build on that. And uh, so uh, you know the other piece of it is, as you've talked to, um, if you don't have enough people, the the work doesn't get done. And mm -hmm. uh, you know right. we're still fighting challenges with shipboard manning. And, uh, but we have, after the CR, they went out and did some more measurements on surface ships and looked at the numbers and, and added about a dozen sailors to the DDGs, um, based on mm -hmm. workload analysis. And so, yeah. uh, um, you know, we're still not, I don't think funding a hundred percent of those billets, but, but we're getting closer. Um, so, yeah. uh, you know, you always hear the viewers folks say, well, it's getting better, right? It'll be better in, when I leave, you know, in five years. Yeah. <laughs> um, but, uh, but there, there are a lot of moves afoot to try to better define that, Try to cut back on the cross decks and things like that. Yeah, um, but it, uh, it definitely didn't get better in my twenty-one no. years. Like it, uh, they kept telling me it was coming, and it, I, I saw it get progressively worse. Anecdotally, I don't have data, but I can tell you that like every leadership position I've ever been in, I was undermanned, and it just kept getting worse and worse yep. and worse yep. over my time. And and, that's, and then I hear just 
horror stories from not just from listeners, but like front personal friends of mine. Yeah. Well, the about how undermanned they are. With any business, if, if you have a hundred trucks and you need a hundred truck drivers, you have to hire 120 yeah. to keep the ones that are sure, right. you know, sick right. or, or on vacation or something like that. And instead yep. we hire 90 and, uh, well, and try to keep a hundred trucks running. So, uh, yeah, and and there's that, but there's also like the the reason I am so, I mean I'm so into this leadership development stuff, and I've told you the last time we talked yeah. um, about going into psychology and everything else as a result. Where it's like, I I just think that like 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 this fatigue thing for so long, and it sounds like they're finally starting to realize what a big deal this is. It's like. For whatever reason, at the at the highest levels, leadership development and education isn't taken seriously. And for me, it's like even with like, it, yes, there needs to be a specific sleep and fatigue management program like in existence. But like if I, I trace when I do like a root cause analysis, I, I everything, literally everything traces back to leadership development and education for me. Right. Because right. if our leadership was was built from the ground up in a way that was it was like really truly about taking care of the people so the people that are are doing the thing technically at a tactical level can take care of the mission then things like fatigue management would that though that would be a right. byproduct a of me exactly. caring no you're right you're right right and, um and it and it blows my mind that it's still to this day it's like i asked a fleet master chief on an all hands call one time about how we used to have like um like all those nav lead courses right. which they weren't the greatest thing ever but i i went to a work center soup class as an e5 and i got something out of it i thought sure. it was useful well i just uh so no. and they're just i asked about it and basically got told uh well, it wasn't just a budget cut, but basically Netsy's budget got cut. So the first right. thing they cut was leadership. And I was just like, and I don't have a good. Are you insane? <laughs> yeah. No, it's you not, know, like yeah. I'd cut everything else first. Exactly. So, exactly. Yeah. Well, the only insight I have is really from the officer side. Um, and mm -hmm. uh, I know that, uh, you know, one of my good friends just took over the uh, Naval Leadership uh, uh, education school they call it NLEC I forget what exactly what it stands for. NLEC yeah it's um, yeah naval naval leadership and ethics center oh, gotcha. yeah thank you um so, mm -hmm. uh, so yep. he invited me out to uh, to speak to the class about a month ago and they it was a department okay. head class of about a dozen people yeah and I got there early so I listened to the an hour session before my little spiel uh, on fatigue and, and leadership but uh yeah. they were getting pretty uh I mean, for a Navy course, it was very personal. It was yeah. very touchy feely. It was uh, right. added a lot of good theory and you know decision making and uh, for sure. And I'm, and, I'm uh, very encouraged by by NLEC and yeah, all the I was, uh, uh, I was enlisted leadership development stuff that they're doing. I, it doesn't like I, I I don't think the the snowball has started rolling downhill yet right. as far like. Because COVID kind of derailed their yeah, rollout for exactly. all the ELD courses, not, right. so and, which you know not, nothing can be done about that right, really. But right. um, um, but yeah, I'm, I'm really encouraged by it. But I still think way more needs to get done because I think there are people that like you can very easily create that type of environment to me where it's like because because I I don't think I think on an individual level all these people want that like that to have that sure. conversation to have leaderships that that leadership that functions that way and cares about people first and all those things. Um, but it's really difficult to get the organization to put resources into a, a, a construct that, that 
does that right, you know right. and, and there's like, some there's skills. i'm really encouraged by by enlick I'm, I'm excited to see where that goes yeah i'm glad to hear that i think uh you know the uh i know uh i've spoken at least once to the uh senior enlisted academy up in newport um and yep. i know they're expanding I that. that i think to get more chiefs i know that the uh for instance Good. chiefs initiation in the service force this time had a uh uh, sort of warrior toughness uh, element baked into yeah. it and the, the inlet stuff. So mm. they're getting there. But I think some of that stuff, you're right, it yeah. can't be an online course that you just go click through like GMT. It has right, to be right. a bunch of yeah. folks in a room talking about leadership. But it can be, and I think, you know, right. it has to be taught by the right people. Um, and uh, mm-hmm. and so, no, I, th- I see that as part of this. But uh, it all boils down, like you said, you know, taking care of your people. Um, and and yeah. that's where, you know, the other piece of this whole uh uh, fatigue discussion is personal responsibility, right? Like mm-hmm. um, you would never uh, go out and and drink six beers uh, and then immediately go up on the bridge and take the watch, right? Or go down to engineering. Right. And yet there's pretty good science that says that if I stay up for 36 hours and you drink six beers, we're going to have about the same performance on a you right. know, decision-making or a, or, a, uh, or a motor skills test. And so – one right. of the things that I, whenever I give this speech, mainly to junior folks, I bring up a somebody about my size. And I say, okay, we're going to do this experiment. You know, one of us is going to drink six beers. One of us is going to stay up for 36 hours. Uh, which one do you want? And of course they always say, I'll take the beer. Um, yeah. And then, uh, <laughs> but uh, you know, I kind of show them, we have some, some pretty good data that says if the cops stopped us on the road, we would both have about the same score on the, uh, on the drunk driving test. Right. Um, yeah. And so that's, so why is it okay to come up, you know, what if you had a truth right. serum and said, I'm, I'm ready to take the watch. I've slept for two hours in the last 36. Um, yeah. And that's okay versus I've had six beers in the last 24, in the last six hours. I'm ready to take the watch, you know, as you right. vomit on the but Then you run into, um, you run into the, the rub is, so Seaman Timmy comes up, has only had two hours of sleep in 36 hours, can't take the watch. So now someone else has to take the watch and that someone else is going to now get deprived of sleep. And we were just talking about the Manning issue. So then it it like, it's just this unfillable gap, you know, where it's like, and that's where you have to get left compounds, you know, that personal responsibility, you know, Hey, my responsibility as a leader is to give you time to sleep. You know, your responsibility is to take that time and sleep. Now I will will tell you a lot of sort of graybeards like me sort of pontificate that, uh, that, you know, the the end of the world is coming due to video games because all sailors do is play video games. (laughs) I've ridden four or five ships. It it does. It does. But I slept (laughs) in enlisted birthing. Um, and, uh, and, uh, you know, what I saw was sailors working and sailors sleeping because they were so tired, you know, Yeah. Um, yeah, sleeping on couches, sleeping on the floor, you know, um, but uh, my what? I, so here's what I advocate for from a leadership standpoint: is number one, set the set the example, right? If you're the captain, don't don't try to you know prove how long you can stay up, or the master chief, yeah. right? Number two is mm-hmm. uh, start with. And it was interesting. I, I, I was on the George H W Bush uh, ship that I preconned um, for from looking at their watch bills and stuff. And and so here's how they do it: they said, look, we have four watch teams. Each of them has an eight-hour period where they are – that's their sleep time, okay? And they're not going to be touched mm-hmm. during that time. And that goes on the whiteboard first. And then during that other 16 hours, one day I might have two watches. The next day I have one watch. Um, and they mm-hmm. run the drills basically between like uh, – generally between 6 in the morning. Um, they run individual drills. And then starting at 9, they run the ones where you got to bring in the response teams and all that stuff. Um, and yeah. they tend to knock off the drills when they're doing flight ops by 11 or 12. So they get all the drills kind of during that period. 
Um, and mm. they've kept that same rotation for their entire, they're on deployment now. And so you, yeah. you have, you lock yourself in and you're there for, you know, six weeks and you get into a routine. And, uh, yeah. and so they kind of put sleep as like, let's start with, I got to have eight hours to sleep. Then I got to have eight hours to stay and watch. Um, and I'm going to get my work done this other eight. Um, now the nukes are a little better manned and typically than, than the, than the rest of the force, but, uh, it seems to be working for them. Um, but part of it is the yeah. captain, you know, they're aviators, captain and XO. And so they're used to this, yeah. sort of, you know, red line for sleep. Um, but, uh, so that's one, but that's what an example, but, uh, it, that, yeah, I was, I, I was just gonna say that's what's frustrating is it's like, like, why is it that's how they're doing it? And you know what I mean? Like, it, yep, yep. Well, it's, it's why does it take those two leaders to make that happen on that ship? No, as opposed to making it. If, um, if we have a policy, you know, like, yep, why yep. isn't it just standard? You know what yep, I mean? And yep. I know some, well, there's a kind of breed it out of the culture and all that stuff, but it's like, I, I just, I don't, and I don't know how practical it is in real life, but like, I imagine if the CNO pounds hard enough on his giant desk, and says, thou shalt do the following. Right. It's, you know what I mean? Like, it's not, well, I just, if they if they decided it was important enough, I, I don't know, then it wouldn't be reliant on those leaders deciding it's important at the unit level. You know what I mean? Like, no, uh, no you're, you're right. And I think there's probably yeah. some money to be made there. Uh, I mean, I know that, uh, um, that our, you know, in the SWOOP community, our bosses talk about it when they, when they're at, you know, ship visits and, and command, uh, mm. events, you know, uh, commanders training symposiums, things like that. Um, I, yeah. sp- I've spoken to a few of those and, and they back me up and I think, uh, um, but there is a challenge. I mean, I've been on ships in the basic phase underway and you're, you're going from six in the morning till midnight, sure. you know, cause you gotta go get search done like, and stuff. And so, uh, um, you can hear my dogs in the background. They're obviously, yeah, a little bit. obviously not sleeping. Um, <laughs> yeah. But, uh, so, but um, I think you know, like I said, it's about a generation. Um, you still, you know, I, I know one captain, a friend of mine, showed up to his ship and was unfamiliar with this process. It's a cruiser CO, um, and they were doing it, and this was before it was mandated. And left uh, like three days on the way. He told the XO, "I don't like this watch bill, so let's stop it." And the XO was like, "Well, sir, you know." Why don't you watch for a week or two, and uh, I think you'll find that it's working. And so he did, and he's like, he came up after like ten days. He's like, XO, how come nobody's tired? And he's like, well, because we're standing yeah. watch bill, you know. And so he became yeah. a, a a proponent of it. And so I think if you get buy in, like you said, and the, the, you know, you brought it up a little bit, but the chief's mess, right? Um, that's where right. I think if we have a bit of a gap right now, it's getting the education part because part of this, you, 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 we're naval officers or naval, you know. Uh, leaders, we sort of have this mm-hmm. feel that we know enough about everything to do anything, right? Um, mm-hmm. And uh, what I've learned, having studied sleep, you know, both professionally and gone, you know, through college and or some on, you know, some some uh, graduate courses and and and, and symposia, there's a lot of science to sleep that none of us understand, you yeah. know. And right. so, the, you know, from something as simple as uh, you know, back to that personal responsibility. What What are you doing with your sleeping space? What are your What's your routine before you go to bed? When do you eat? When do you work mm-hmm. out? All that matters. And so, if you yeah. can train people that that sleep is part of their, uh, you know, I, I tell people, hey, what do you need to live? Right? You need air, water, food, and sleep. Um, mm-hmm. And uh, you would never tell a sailor to go without air or water yeah. or food, right? Um, and yet, somehow, sleep 
takes the you know final the back seat there so let's get that mentality that sleep is just as important and uh and once we get that mindset then and respect it and then then the last piece is don't you know make it a bad thing to be in the rack right um and uh and so uh that's a that's a culture thing and uh it's tough i've gone to therapy for 18 months (laughs) largely to fix that like one of the biggest like I've been doing the, the occupational behavioral therapy to get my anxiety to let me sleep because that's one of the biggest issues for me is I've been conditioned for 21 years to to think that I'm a bad person for going to the rack. Right. And it's right, just right. like, no. so now no. I try to go to sleep and it's like my brain freaks out. No, I think, I, you know, it's funny. I, I'm not funny, but as the sleep guy, you know, I have a CPAP mm-hmm. machine. Uh, I had some heart problems. Yeah. The darn... Yeah. Uh, uh, doctor is like, well, go get a sleep test because that can cause. Yeah. So that's the other piece of this that I that I preach when I talk to people. I say, hey, look, you know, certainly operational readiness and, and op- you know, your ability of a watch standard to be on on game is the most important piece of this, right? The second part is the mental health aspect, right? A, a long deployment. Yeah. Uh, we know that sleep deprivation mm-hmm. leads to depression. It leads to suicidal yep. thoughts. Um, so so keeping Makes your crew healthy worse. Uh, it just is, exacerbates uh, right. everything and the last thing yeah. is uh i've started to use this uh this thought that hey sailors are not throwaway right like don't we can't just use yeah. people up and then say okay have a nice right. life go call the va um and so uh, if you i don't know if i sent it to you but i just put there's an article in proceedings today uh that came out uh, okay. today about about the long-term effects and how the sleep deprivation has a cost in in the personal lives of the sailors after they leave yeah. the Navy. Um, and I am the cost to the VA, a to, walking, you know, talking, yeah. I'm a walking, talking example, um, man. Like, yeah, I have all the sleep apnea, the anxiety, insomnia diagnosis. I'm on medication. I have a CPAP machine. I, like, yeah, I'm, and it's not just like that. It's like the quality of life, the I have chronic fatigue syndrome and all this. Wild. Like, it's just, it's ridiculous. And it like the, the cost is I, I don't even know the full cost yet because like you said, there's a lot of stuff that heart problems and all this other stuff that can come up later that I'm hoping to avoid because I'm really actively working on it. But yeah, it's like it it it's not fun. No, no. So I think uh uh you know that to me when I when I give this message, there's three parts to it. There's what are you doing today, mm-hmm. like the next twenty four right. hours? What are you doing over the course of a deployment? Um, and, and the daily routine. And, you know, when I did this on Sanjack, we had to, we had to change everything. We had to change meal hours. Um, we had yeah. to change, uh, when are, when can you get tools? When can you get parts, toilet paper, right. cleaning supplies, all those things had to be admin, you know, so put a yoga yeah. on duty from midnight to eight. Well, they were pretty happy because they got to sleep during the day, but, but they could do their work yeah. at night, but they could also help the watch standards that were up. So you really had to rewrite the whole ship schedule, right. To get this, right. uh, to get this to work. Um, and so, uh, but at the end of the day, um, it's a, it's a full package. You can't just do, uh, yeah. you know, boom, I did a circadian watch. So the other thing we did, uh, was, uh, ships have standing orders, right. Um, um, how you do certain things for boat ops, for flight ops, for entering port, you know, reports to the captain, stuff like that. Uh, we also, mm-hmm. every ship has to write and the captain has to sign their own standing order on crew endurance. Yeah. So, so in writing, this is my crew endurance policy and it includes, 
okay. what watch rotations, how I'm going to deal with fatigue, watch standards, um, what I'm going to do for a daily routine. Um, and so that's also something that's been put down on paper. Um, and uh, again, how well do you follow it? Um, you know, that's, yeah. that's a work in progress. But, uh, you know, from, a, from, a, from an upper level, um, all you can really do, the ship, you know, that's what ships do. They go out and they do their own thing. But you give them guidelines, you give them tools, uh, uh, you give them training, and uh, but more importantly, you make clear that that it's a priority. Um, yeah, and uh, and that's kind of so, what we're doing. Uh, for what I going. understand. I understand, like at the highest level, they they like you have. There's got to be some like applicability wiggle room, but like, is there a reason why? Like type commanders, right? Like so, like for submarines, largely a submarine's a submarine, right? Uh-huh. Like, um, is there a reason why type commanders haven't like mandated like thou shalt do the following? So, like the standing order. I mean, if it if it's a thing, it's more of like a comply with reference A, you know, where it's like, is there a reason why they haven't? kind of made it more um like etched in stone and drawn a, a bright red line saying like you will at least do the following like as far as like a model where it's like there isn't as much that well this is how we do it here like it's like no this is how we do it everywhere you know it, it within this um within this type of unit or whatever like you could say like all amphibs are going to have this sleep rotation for these reasons and kind of so they know you know what to expect and there's no um there's no like wiggle room because some co thinks this works better uh so i i will tell you that that i think there's a there's a you know across the board there's a hesitance to do that because um, depending on what the ship's doing and 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 how mm-hmm. they're employed and and other you know, uh, at least in the service community, we've always been reluctant to say thou shall do exactly this, right? Right. Um, now, what we're finding is that I would say eighty percent of our ships have 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 gravitated to one watch bill. It's three hours on, nine hours off, um, and uh, the God, what would know, that be so like? uh, well? So <laughs> I, I haven't stood it, but I, you know my ship did it, and uh, so essentially. Good grief. Um, so you have three hours on. So it's still six hours of watch a day. You get to four section, which you guys can't get to on a yeah. submarine. Um, and ships yeah. aren't really manned to that, but they can cross qualify and usually get there. Right. Um, uh, so I think, you know, that's one piece of it. Um, mm-hmm. And uh, and so they, they kind of gravitate. And so part of it is, hey, how do you share that with everybody? So, hey, this is working. You know, don't reinvent yeah. the wheel. So we do a lot of that. Um, but I think we've, okay. there's been a hesitancy to uh, to say, you know, thou shalt use a, you know, four hours on or this watch, this particular watch rotation. Right. Um, and the other thing that we give the ships, there's a crew endurance handbook that has like seven different to choose from um, that are all circadian. Mm-hmm. And so as long as you're using one of those, as far as we're concerned, you're in compliance, right? Um, yeah. And so uh, we also hit the ships up as they leave the maintenance phase and they start to build their watch bills and look at their routine and mm-hmm. I critique them and say, Hey, why are you doing this? You know, why are you doing, why don't you move this there? Yeah. Um, and so, uh, but like I said, it's an, it's an iterative process and, uh, um, and you know, it's like everything else you're going to have, you know, my old boss used to draw a bell curve, you know, and he said, here, here's all the COs in Surfland, And, uh, the ones from the middle of the curve to this end, I don't have to tell them anything, right? They're going to get it done. Yeah. The folks in the middle to the left-hand side, I kind of need to give them some guidance once in a while to keep them on track. And there's a small percentage on this far end that aren't going to do well no matter what I do, you know? And yeah. uh, so that's true <laughs> of any group. Um, 
but uh, yeah, but so that's you know those are those are a that's kind of what we're doing as a surface force now um, to try mm-hmm. to attack this problem. Uh, you know, one attacking the manpower and the manning. Uh, number two, attacking the policy. Number three, getting some monitoring in place so the program has some teeth. Um, but I think uh, it's a you know a generation at least in the surface navy is probably about ten years, and we're five mm-hmm. years through it. Um, and, uh, yeah. it's, it, it is, you know, tragic that it took, you know, people dying to really sort of pull this into the, the forefront. Um, and where I, right. where I, you know, lose sleep sometimes is that we forget that, you know, and we sort of go back to the old way and we let things digress. Um, but there's a lot of effort to not let that happen. And, uh, you know, yeah. I certainly keep that comprehensive review on my desk and I flaunt it at every meeting, uh, when people are talking about, uh, uh, you know, this is just a, like you said, a flash in the pan, like TQL or something. Um, you right. know, at least it's now codified and, you know, we just signed out a new instruction, so it's not going to go away anytime soon. And, uh, mm-hmm. and, you know, so I think there's a lot of momentum there, um, but still a lot of work to be done. And I think where we, we have to start driving is, you know, how do we get this down to the deck plates? You know, they are getting it, yeah. you know, part of the warrior toughness, they get a sleep education module at boot camp now. Um, okay. and so, uh, you know, we're, we're permeating the different levels, but, uh, uh, it's fighting a lot of tradition and a lot of hubris. Um, right. Right. Um, is there, can you go into some of the like stuff that you brief to those groups of people like at the war college or at the, uh, the like you said, you brief the NLEC guys or SEA, like, can you go into some of that, like sure. training for leaders on, on like sleep management or fatigue management? Sure. Um, so basically, uh, I mean, and a lot of it is kind of what I've, uh, what I've covered, but I'll give you the, the spiel. So at each level okay. from, from, from basic, you know, from officers, for officers, uh, from ensign, uh, then Lieutenant department head, and then COXO. Um, basically it starts off with, you know, why is sleep important, important for mental health, important for physical health, um, immunity during COVID. That was a big deal. Um, right. And, uh, and so, you know, why does it matter to you as a human being to get good sleep, right? So that's step one. Um, step two is why does it matter to the ship? And we talk about the collisions. We talk about, you know, watch standing. Uh, we, we bring in the idea of circadian watches, uh, the daily routine. And then we sort of morph into the culture and the leadership that, uh, that hey, when that person comes up to say, I, I can't take the watch because I was up all night, um, you know, the first reaction can't be to bite his head off because then nobody's ever going to tell you that, right? Um, right? And it's also different if if he was up all night fixing a pump versus watching a video, you know? Right. Um, and then we hit on personal responsibility. So that's a piece of that puzzle as well. Um, and then we, uh, we give some examples of, uh, you know, best practices, um, things like keeping the lights out and birthing all the time like adjusting the, the meal hours, like adjusting schedules, doing training. You know, sometimes you have to do training twice a day so that one group can sleep in and catch the training, you know, in the morning and one catches the yeah. afternoon. Um, I tell them as much as you love that morning wake up song, uh, don't do it, you know, do it at lunchtime when people are yeah. awake. And so, uh, and then we sort of end with, uh, you know, that, 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 like I talked about with the six beers and, and 36 hours, Hey, there's science behind this, right? And remember, these are college yeah. students. A lot of them just came out of college, so they're used yeah. to, you know, well, I've, I've functioned fine on, you know, four hours of sleep. Well, okay. Right. Um, you think you did, but what's the first casualty? Judgment, right? Yeah. 
um, just like right. alcohol. And so, so that's the message. And then we tweak it for the department heads because those guys uh, have often, the, you know, from a, from a watch standing plus work plus people, um, they get ground mm-hmm. down pretty hard. Um, yeah. But they have to watch their own, you know. So I say, hey, look, you you are going to have weapons release authority. You can't miss a missile incoming or or an order to to defend the right. ship because you're so tired because you were up doing some paperwork the night before, right? Um, yeah. And then for the captain, uh, we, there was a great study that Dr. Shattuck did where she put a watch on a DDG captain, and uh, essentially ba- based on what I talked about before, uh, you know, fifteen percent of deployment he was legally drunk. Um, because he got less than four hours sleep a night. And, uh, yeah. and so that's documented, right? And so um, yeah. there's another article I wrote called Captain Gets Some Sleep, which basically says, hey, look, um, there's, a, there's a thing, doctor, there's a Dr. Shea that writes about this. He calls it the moral imperative for self-care. It says, hey, mm-hmm. nobody is responsible for you but you, but you yeah. are also responsible for the lives of others. And so you let them down right. if you don't. Um, and then what I told this leadership class the other day, I said, uh, hey, look, you know, you learn all the time, ship, shipmate, self. Um, mm-hmm. When it comes to a leadership position, you have to think about yourself, right? If you don't eat, sleep, yeah. work out, um, yep. you're going to fail. It's counterintuitive, um, but uh, like, yeah. Yeah, and then I give a yeah. couple of sea stories, you know. I think uh, uh, if, if we've got time, I can tell one quick one here. Um, For sure. And uh, so Oscar Austin doing uh, boarding ops, you know, visit, board, search, and seizure. Um Last night, last evening of a certification event, so we've been out for like a month. Everybody's kind of worn down, but we haven't passed yeah. this for this this event, and so we're trying to get it knocked out. You know, late into the evening, we've all been up since you know oh dark thirty, and uh, I'm up on the bridge. My exo's on the bridge. The the team has been on this boarding vessel now for like eight hours with no food, and, and you know they've got some water Jesus. and stuff. So we put a boat in the water yeah. to get them some food. Well, as the boat comes back alongside, I forgot about it. And gave a huge backing bell because we were getting too close to the ship in front of us. Because, um, you, oh, you, wow. you know, in boarding, you, you keep the ship close to intimidate them and stuff, right? Right. So anyway, as the rib's coming alongside and we give the, the permission to come alongside on the starboard side, I give a huge backing bell on destroyer. That sends a giant wave the length of the ship coming from the back to the front and basically oh, no. flip the rib over the nose. And the, oh. the guy on the uh, sitting on the transom fell over the propeller which grabbed his jacket and basically took his jacket between his legs and, you know, wrapped it around the propeller and stopped the, as the, as the and they, they, they killed the motor, but still. So he's yeah. basically hanging by his privates over the side of the boat. Oh my um, goodness. We got him aboard and uh, he had some cuts on his thighs. Um, there was damage pretty much everywhere there. Um, and, uh, and I did that, you know, I gave the order yeah. to put that guy in the water. And oh, by the way, there were six people in the water we had to pull out too. Um, because I was tired and uh, I made a bad decision. Yeah. And so he's fine. I, you know, um, I visited him in the hospital and everything works and, and, uh, but, uh, you know, golly, um, yeah, it could have been, could have been much, much worse. Could have been a uh, lot worse. And I've got more like that, but I'll tell you that in my two command yeah. tours, uh, I, I tell people I had, I had four near misses. I would call a near miss, you know, 30 seconds or 30 feet from a collision or a grounding. Yeah. Um, and three of the four, it was, I made it worse because I was tired. And so, um, yeah. you know, it's a life and death thing and it's not to be trivialized, but, uh, and yet, like you started out with, um, it's easy to ignore when you're, when your head is down and you're focused on getting the mission done. And so, uh, right. that's a, uh, 
it's a hard hard nut to crack um but uh, yeah I, I'm, I'm pretty proud of the work we've done and uh you know um uh, you know at this at this it's pretty funny at this end like thing uh this lieutenant commander raised his hand at the end because i asked for questions and he goes i have i have a thank mm-hmm. you and i'm like okay yeah. what's that about he goes well <laughs> like five years ago you talked to a department head um, about this topic who then became my xo um, when I showed up on a destroyer and the captain was, was like not buying any of this stuff. Right. He's like, he was old yeah. school and the XO kept bringing your articles up and shoving them in the captain's face, uh, until yeah. the captain's all right, fine, fine, do whatever you want. And, uh, yeah. and when he did, it was like, wow, things got a lot better. And so thank you. Yeah. So, you know, it's stories like that that keep, that awesome. keep me going. Um, yeah. and, uh, but I, I'm not, uh, I'm not you know, naive that, uh, that it's not all sunshine out there. And, uh, Right. We still have a lot of tired sailors, and uh, um, and you know you you can't just sleep all the time. You have to get up and do work. Um, right. And uh, but it's a war fighting thing, and that that's kind of my message, both up and down the chains is yeah is don't make this it's about you know coddling people or being nice. Or, yeah. This is about yeah. this is readiness, right? It's just like you don't right. You know you you don't skip PMS on your pump. Um. So don't skip PMS on your uh on your people. on your people. No, it's the most important piece piece of gear we got. Yeah, <laughs> you know, like, yeah, uh, no, absolutely. at risk of uh, dehumanizing pe- the sailors a little bit. Um, what uh, just to wrap up, like, what are some of the because we mentioned the War College website, but what are like tools and resources that people can use for both for education and and just like, are there any other things that they can use to kind of help them get better sleep? Um, yeah, so uh, a couple things. Um, the the www. I think NPS slash Crew Endurance, basically Naval Postgraduate School mm. Crew Endurance website. You have to dig a bit okay. because there's all sorts of stuff on there. But there's also there's there's articles, there's uh, there's best practices, there's examples from ships. Um, so for shipboard stuff, that's really good. Um, okay. There are a couple of really good books out there. I mean, you could just Google it nowadays and uh, look for tips. Yeah. You know, Google tips for healthy sleep, and I'll give you a couple mm. that are that are so simple that we don't all do, but. Uh, you know, electronics in the bedroom are bad, right? Yep. TVs, phones, those kind of things. So the ideal bedroom, yeah. we talk about dark and ship on the ship. Well, dark and ship in your bedroom, right? Turn out all those lights. Mm-hmm. I, you know, I even have like, I literally have tape on some of the stuff, like the like the Apple TV thing that always lights up, you know? Oh, yeah, the um, little LED so lights on everything. Yeah. like a laser beam at night. So, so go, yeah. you know, we just put blackout curtains in our bedroom, you know? Um, mm-hmm. Get the TV out of there if you can. Uh, I did a LinkedIn yeah. poll, and I think about fifty percent of people have a TV in the bedroom. Fifty percent don't, right? Yeah. Um, yeah. So you will sleep better without a TV in your bedroom. Um, yeah. And same thing with your iPhone. Put it outside. You know, take it out. Um, temperature. Uh, your body likes to go down in the in the high sixties at night. So you know, put put your thermostat down there. Um, you don't have a problem on a ship because it's either freezing cold or blazing hot. You know? Yeah. Um, <laughs> but uh, but at home you can fix yeah. that. Um, and think about yeah, your yeah. daily routine, right? So get up at the same time, go to bed at the same time, weekend, weekday, uh, make it the same. Yeah. Um, before yep. you go to bed at night, uh, don't eat a big meal. Um, don't do a big mm-hmm. workout. A small workout is good, but not a huge one because that bumps up your adrenaline right. and stuff. Um, and then um, have a routine where you relax your mind and your body in the 45 to, to an hour minutes before you go to sleep. So whether it's yoga, take a walk. Yeah. Um, 
read a book, do something to sort of start to wind down. One of the things I do, like you talked about your anxiety about all the stuff you have to get done. I have a whiteboard yeah. I keep in my office. The last yep. thing I do about lists, I just make a list of all the stuff that I'm, because <laughs> yep. I'll be up, I'll wake up, oh, I'll forget to, you know. Uh, yep. And so I, I yep. make that list and I set it aside and that helps me fall asleep. Um, yeah, and, that's uh, something, so. that's literally something that my therapist tasked me with doing as part of that occupational or the behavioral therapy for, for my sleep is, I, my mind would, as soon as I'd lay down, I'd start thinking of the hundred things that I thought I needed to do tomorrow in a week and a month. Right, what, right. what was I forgetting? All this kind of stuff. So, and, so write them down. And, uh, um, and, yep. Uh, lists. Uh, it helps. Yep. Yep. So those are some things that we tell everybody to do. Um, there are some good books out there. Um, mm-hmm. uh, there's uh, one called Why We Sleep. I think his name is Dr. Walter or Wagner. Um, it's got really mm-hmm. good science of sleep type stuff, you know. Um, and, uh, and so that, that, that's a good source. There's a, there's a national geographic magazine just on sleep. That's got a lot of science in it. Um, so do Ooh. some research, you know, become an expert on your own sleep yeah. and you'll be better off. You know, I've, I've told a lot of people, you want to do one thing to improve your health. Um, you know, get better, get sleep. better sleep. It's a lot easier <laughs> than going on a diet or, or yeah. becoming a marathon runner. Um, and you'll get better payback quicker. Um, so, yeah. uh, so yeah, absolutely. I think those are some things that you can do personally. And, and, uh, you know, as, like I said, um, keeping ownership of it, uh, is, is a big yeah. piece and, and understanding that, Hey, uh, I own my sleep and, and, uh, and, and I'm going to do everything I can to be as ready as I can, especially when we talk about, uh, uh, you know, shipboard operations, because at yeah. the end of the day, if you're on watch, um, as we learned in those collisions, you are the life and death difference for, you know, yep. 300 of your shipmates. And, yep. uh, and I'm not saying that fatigue was the root cause, um, yeah. but, but it certainly contributed. And if you, if your equipment is complicated, then being tired doesn't help, you know, it doesn't help. Um, yeah. Yeah. And so, uh, I think that those are all pieces of the puzzle, but, uh, at the end of the day, um, I think we've come a long way since 2017. I think that the fleet has, yeah. Um, I think we could, it would be helpful to have like a fleet wide mandate, like you mentioned, um, and yeah. to really expand the training and the policy side of things, um, to make sure people understand why it's important, why it's good for me as a person, why it's good for my ship, why it's good for my shipmates right. and look out for each other. You know, one of the number one complaints of, of, of why sailors don't get sleep is the other sailors in the birthing compartments. Right. Um, yeah. so yeah. that's a piece of the puzzle as well is, you know, having courtesy, and, and empathy for your, uh, for your shipmates, you know? Yeah. Um, so, uh, so it all ties together, but, uh, like I said, at the end of the day, uh, from shipboard life, it's about the circadian watch rotation. So you get better quality sleep. Um, you know, I should have mentioned, we're looking at things like mattresses, you know, better mattresses, mm-hmm. uh, better rack curtains. Um, there's some That'd lighting nice. that you can help with, you know, to make better sleep. Yeah. So there's, 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 there's experiments going on in that domain as well um, to try to get that. But those things take time. You have, you know, you have contracting competition and stuff like that, but there, there, there's work in that area uh, that's part of my domain as well. So um, it's, it's kind of exciting to be part of this. And uh, yeah, um, it's definitely, like you said, a culture change. It's a, it's a big ship with a small rudder. And so you're looking at probably, you know, another five years before this becomes just, this is the way things are. Um, Right. And I uh, mean, if you feel if you think about like the the uh, introduction of FRVs and now they're talking about switching like the normal working uniform to this two part right, 
fire resistant thing so we don't have to worry about it i mean that took a decade to get to a point where it's like really fixed because they had like frvs and then turns out they weren't really fire retardant and so then they had to get a new one and then all this ridiculousness exactly no that's been a a, an ongoing thing great um crazy yep yep yeah we you know we always learn the hard way sometimes David. Uh, <laughs> don't we though i used to say you know, take two steps uh, backwards and fall on your face and call it progress yeah uh, but uh, yeah it's yeah. still forward progress because i <laughs> fell forward onto my face amen amen well thanks sir this was this was amazing i really appreciate it and i'm definitely i like I'll, I'll link all the articles and websites and all that stuff in the show notes for sure. Okay. Um, and then, yeah, I definitely plan on dragging you back on and talk about a bunch of your, yeah. I'm a big fan of a lot of your other articles. I think we, uh, we think very similarly about a lot of things. So. Well, I've got, uh, I've got one that just came out today. Um, I have two in the diversity domain that are coming out, I think this mm-hmm. week, one in Navy times and one okay. in SimSec that I'll forward to you. And, uh, okay. and yeah. so those, you know, we can certainly come back and talk about leadership and, uh, if you Definitely. really want to have a sporty one, we could talk about diversity and inclusion, uh, which has been kind of a, a road of discovery for me in the last couple of years. Uh, where I think we've yeah, I'm some in. I do, would, so. I would, yeah, I would love to talk about all those things okay. and and uh, and especially, particularly leadership, but yeah, diversity and inclusion as well. Like, because I'm sure you'll have a lot to teach me in that realm. Like, I was a semio, but I mean, I just went okay. to the school. And yeah, no, that's read not. the instruction and yeah, that kind of thing. So. Yeah, but we're all human, so we 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 can all learn exactly. From each other, so, okay, right, right, thanks. right. I'm glad we got this to work. And uh, absolutely, we'll set up a time to do it again. All right, I hope you all enjoyed that. Uh, really fun talking to to John. Um, I, I again, you'll you'll hear from him again. This one is something that like, I I don't know, like I've spent it just an inordinate amount of time thinking about this, researching it, um, going to medical, doing all the things, trying to fix it since I, and I mean, this has been since I was a kid, I've had issues with fatigue. Um, and then, you know, 21 years in the submarine force didn't do me any favors. So I'm still working on it uh it's incremental improvement blah 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 like i have a lot of things that are all kind of teaming up to make my life hurt but uh it's getting better because i'm addressing those things um from a lot of different angles therapy was a big part of it the medication i'm on is a big part of it the sleep uh, the cpap machine is a big part of it Um, i do a lot of things to optimize my sleep now um, big fan of Andrew Huberman. If you're not familiar with his podcast, it's uh, the Huberman Lab podcast. You should check that out. Um, he's got a lot of really interesting episodes. He's a neuroscientist and he's talking about just how the brain works a lot of the time in relation to other things or just a topic that he chooses. And he's got a cool episode on sleep. Um, and yeah, just as much as I can to optimize it because it's such a big deal. It affects everything. Like I'm, I'm, about like I'm 39 years old so I'm basically just rounding up and saying I'm 40 now just to give myself the sense of urgency I need to go uh, work on a lot of things because I'm worried about like how I'm going to feel when I'm older because when when you've got 21 years of military career mileage on you um, it's you're you like aged in dog years in a lot of ways. Like I have a lot of like my knees hurt, my shoulders hurt, my like all my joints are screaming all the time. Like I've got a lot of medical problems that a normal, healthy 39 year old um, that that takes like pretty good care of themselves, which like I, I think I have like there's definitely been stretches where I haven't um, when I was deploying and stuff, I would get 
very much caught up in being a workaholic and ignore nutrition and, and exercise. But then I'd like kind of come back to it during shore duty and stuff. So like I've done a, I don't know, like a C minus job probably. <laughs> um, I like to think it's better than it has been, but I'm trying to really focus on those things. Like, um, and being fatigued and not having great sleep, it, it just compounds the casualty. Like it makes it, it like way more difficult to, uh, work on like physical fitness, um, doing just things that I enjoy doing with my time on top of that. Like I, I've wanted to really lean into the podcast during my terminal leave and everything. And I just, I haven't had the juice, man. Like I just, I've been really focused on sleeping better, um, trying to work out, like just being low anxiety, low stress, just enjoying my time kind of thing. Um, almost in vacation mode a little bit, but not because I felt like I needed a vacation more because I felt like I needed to kind of focus on these other things so that I can do what I want to do productively and, and be happy, uh, and enjoy my life. So, um, yeah, I just passionate about this one. So I hope it, I hope it was helpful. Um, if there's anything that like you heard during the episode that you want to learn more about or, um, I like I'm happy to drag him on and talk to him about more stuff. I just asked him kind of some of the questions that I was interested in and uh, he wasn't a three hour podcast kind of guy. So we went as long as we did. Um, but yeah, anyway, um, if you want to support us, uh, you can do that by going to uh, the website. There's a donate link there. dgutspodcast.com on the for profit side of the house. If you want to support us, you can go to don't give up the ship apparel, uh, the ad at the beginning of the podcast. Uh, and get some Naval Pride and Heritage gear you'll actually wear in public at dgutsapparel.com. Um, Patreon is like super close. I'm just figuring out this email list thing. <laughs> but Patreon will be up soon. So look out for that. You can support us that way. Go over to Substack to dguts Thought Lab. Subscribe to those podcasts. I'm going to be uh, spinning that back up. I've kind of been uh, ignoring that just again in vacation mode for the reasons I already talked about. And then uh, you can subscribe to us on YouTube. Follow us on all the socials, all that kind of thing. Um, if you need anything from us, hit us up. Don't give up the ship podcast at gmail.com. You can Facebook message us. Don't give up the ship podcast, or you can DM us on Instagram or Reddit or discord at D guts podcast. Uh, and yeah, feedback, questions, comments, concerns are always appreciated. And that's it. That's what I got for you today. Thank you so much for listening and don't give up the ship.